God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Now, I, um, I don't know about you, but these things featured quite highly in my youth. Prunes. Prunes and custard was a mainstay of school dinners. I don't think you get prunes and custard at school dinners today, do you? I think I'd be pretty shocked if they turned out with the prunes and custard. But they're actually rather good. But I've got some advice for you. Don't eat too many. Now, you might be wondering why I would say don't eat too many, but we're not going to go into the full graphic medical details. But I would like to say, ladies in particular, never eat more than five. Now, there is no scientific or medical reason for that, but to say that if you're trying to find out who you're going to marry from the old rhyme that goes with the stones from the prunes. Do you remember that? Tinker, tailor, soldier, sailor, rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief. And then it went on to find out how you were going to get married, what colour, what time of day, what vehicle you'd be carried in. But if you think about it, you want tinker, tailor, soldier, sailor, rich man. Don't eat any more. To find out who will be your true love. It's not a very reliable method because, of course, some prunes don't have stones in. And sometimes you get a stone and no prune. And sometimes you get so carried away in eating them that you forget to stop, which is why tenders. Why my wife ended up with a poor man, I think. But um, there we go. Not a reliable method for determining a future loved one. And then, of course, there's flowers. Aren't flowers beautiful? Well, they usually are beautiful. Gillian bought these, and when I asked her why she bought them, she said, My love, because they were cheap which I think is a perfectly good reason to buy these flowers. Uh, somebody's been at these flowers. They started off as beautiful white chrysanthemums, and somebody has been gilding the lily, as they say, because um, these have been dyed blue, and the other ones in the bunch, someone had put glitter on them, so quite what they were thinking, I don't know. But this is another way that people at school, when I was at primary school, used to go out onto the playing fields and there were lots of daisies on the playing fields in the summer and you'd find people sitting there doing this. He loves me, or she loves me, depending. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And so on, until the flower was denuded of all its petals. And the idea was to determine whether the person that you adored truly loved you or not. Of course, if you think about it, she loves me, she loves me not, she loves me. You need an odd number of petals. So pick the daisies and count the petals first before you start pulling them off. That seems to make good sense to me. But also, we always had a rule on our field, best of three. Um, and usually, it proved that they loved us. But, do you know... It's not a reliable method. My mum used to spend ages peeling apples with one continuous strand. Do anyone else do that? Then you throw it over your shoulder and it was meant to land in the shape of the initial letter of the name of your future loved one. A lot of people married to people called C, S and E, from my recalling of that. And if you, if you didn't get it off in one piece, that was it. That was it. But... I suppose the question that this, this um, raises is, how do we know that somebody truly loves us? Well, I think there's two things. Do you remember those little cartoons, Love Is? 
the little little boy and the little girl, and they had their little ways and their little fig leaves. Love is this. Well, I think the two ways that we know whether someone loves us or not is what they say, but more importantly, perhaps, what they do, how they show their love. We don't need prunes or daisies or apples to show us if people love us. We don't need, certainly, to use such things to determine whether or not God truly loves us. Because his love is perfect and expressed perfectly. How do we know that our Heavenly Father loves us? It says so. God showed his love for us in this. Throughout the word of God we see words, we read words that remind us that God loves us, that God is love. It's his very substance. What he says. Do you remember the song, Jesus loves me? This I know, for the Bible tells me so. And it does indeed. But, as well as the trustworthy love of God, and the fact that God keeps all his promises, so he doesn't let us down. It's not like me as a husband or you as a partner. You know, we promise one thing. We promise great things. And we deliver nothing like what we promised. But God never lets us down and more importantly than what we just just what we read it's also borne out God's love isn't it for us in what he has done while we were still sinners Christ died for us that's the ultimate expression of love through what God says and most most clearly through what God does we know that we are loved by God. It's a simple truth, but it's not always an easy one to hang on to. There are times when we think, hmm, not quite sure. This isn't looking the way I hoped it might. But in all things, God loves us. There are over 600 laws given in the Old Testament and expanded upon in the Jewish tradition. Laws which govern just about every aspect of life. Some of them aren't kept at the moment because they refer to temple worship. But there's a heck of a lot of other things. And if you go into an Orthodox Jewish home, you'll find two sinks in the kitchen. Two sets of cutlery, two sets of plates to separate the meat food from the milk food. There's even rules about switching the light off on the Sabbath day or switching the light on because... Although it doesn't mention light switches in the Bible, when you switch the light on, you're lighting a fire. And that's work, and therefore it's forbidden. So you either have a time switch to do it for you, or you very conveniently invite your Gentile neighbour round. It's called a Shabbat Goy. And they come round and they can turn the oven on and things like that. But all of those laws, all of the laws that we find in the Bible are summed up in two phrases love God love your neighbour all of them are about showing honour to God and about showing love for others even the food laws we sometimes think that maybe they've uh, got the food laws in the Old Testament 
about things like what you can and what you can't eat because it's healthy not to. But actually, it never says in the Bible, don't do this because it's bad for you. We don't eat this because it might make you ill. You do it. That's what the laws are for, to honour God for no other reason. But all of these things are summed up there. Now, I fancy a bit of a challenge. I might need some help, actually, in a moment. Okay, you two at the back there, you might come and help me, because you might enjoy this too. But um, I fancy a bit of a challenge today. I bought some, you know, we've moved on from prunes and flowers. We're going to have a go at ping pong balls now. Now, what I'm going to do is, can you just check out on this? I'm going to just pick up a ping pong ball, and then I'm going to throw it. And what I want you to do is to tell me how well I'm doing. Okay? Okay, here we go. Ah, good, I'm glad somebody has just asked the very important question. You don't know how well I'm doing because you don't know what I'm aiming to do. And, in fact, I don't know how well I'm doing because I'm without an objective, I'm without a goal. So, um, what we need in life, in our Christian journey, in our service of God, is a goal, a target, something to aim at. Well, I happen to have brought one along with me, and this is where you might like to come and have a go, because I brought along with me this evening a target. Something to aim at. Now, I'm not particularly good at this. Okay, would you like to come and try? Come and help me out. Come and give us a go. You can't be brought along to church and then not have some fun. That's what I say. So you can have a couple of goes. The idea is you stand about here and you've got to try and get it to go into the target. Okay, it sounds quite easy, but it's not. Okay, so who's going to go first? There you go. Oh. Yeah, it's always a good idea to grip. I have this trouble myself. Gillian hands me things and I'm not gripping and that's it. Right, here we go. Oh, that wasn't bad, was it? That was pretty close. You get that one again. Oh, okay, just top it over the top. You can have a go now. Go on then, go for it. Ooh, 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 that was close. Not close enough, but close. Hey, you can have another go. It's right, you don't have to clear up, that's my job. I'll do that later on. Shall I see if I can do it too? A bit worried now. Oh no. Absolute rubbish, aren't I? There you go. No, 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 no. No, oh. Use them up. It's all right, we'll clear them all up later. Oh, did you get another one in? He's good! Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, we're going to have to stop there. No, 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 no. We're going to have. <laughs> Give him a round of applause, though. They did very well. And uh, he's still trying. He's determined. But you know what? In life, in our Christian walk, we need something to always be measuring our actions, measuring our lives against. And that's what this passage reminds us of. The thing that is our target is love. God's love. That's the standard by which everything we do and say should be judged. Of course, sinning, that's missing the target, isn't it? I believe in archery, they actually call, if you miss completely, they call it, oh, you've sinned. Completely missed the target. And we do so often. But 
we've got something to aim at as, as God demonstrates through Christ. We can love God and love others. That's what our objective is. But we also have the Holy Spirit, don't we, who, who guides and encourages us in that and directs us and instructs us from within our hearts. The challenge is to always aim to live God's love. God has given us huge resources with which to express love. But we are perfectly capable of absorbing an awful lot of blessing without really doing much with it. Uh, I stand before you as a physical demonstration of this fact that if you quietly sit and eat fudge without sharing it with your wife for 20 so years but you don't do any exercise, it has an impact on your physical appearance. It's the same really. Sometimes we, as God's people, we want more and more. We ask for more and more of God's love in our lives. We pray it, don't we? But then we don't always use it, we don't always exercise it, and then we become unfit in our, in our faith and in our worship and in our service of God. When I was at primary school, and Gillian, I know she used to sing this one as well, there was a song that we used to sing in assembly, and it went, love is something if you give it away. Give it away, give it away. Love is something if you give it away, you'll end up having more. It's just like a magic penny. Hold it tight and you won't have any. Lend it, spend it, and you'll have so many, they'll roll all over the floor. And then there was something about paying a piper and dancing, which I never really listened to because dancing isn't my thing. But... The whole point there is that love isn't something for us to receive and then hang on to for dear life. Love is something for us to receive and then live it out and give it out. Love one another as I have loved you. That's how people will know that we are God's children, that we are his disciples when we show that love. I've got something incredibly exciting here. I'm just, I'm just looking in that direction as well, but it is incredibly exciting what I've got here. Um, you, 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 I can tell you're quivering with anticipation, aren't you? No, she's not, actually. She's looking annoyed because someone took the iPad away, and I would be doing exactly the same. It's fine. Um, this is something rather special. This is a, an A4 sheet of red tissue paper. And you weren't expecting to see that this evening, were you? No, none of us were, I don't think. But there we go. But this sheet of paper is to represent to us the love of God. Now, I've got it all at the moment. And the question is, what am I going to do with it? Well, what I'm going to do with it is share it. I'm not going to keep it all to myself. I'm going to share it. And uh, the measure of God's love is not to do with the size of the piece it's to do with the number of corners so at the moment we've got four okay so what I'm going to do is carefully tear this in two and give half away there you go Heather you just needed that after all the work I'm putting you through this evening now of course we've got eight as our measure of God's love now if you'd like to tear yours in half and then hand half of yours away and I'm going to do the same with mine 
okay? And we're going to keep going until everyone in this room, and we'll save some for you upstairs as well, both of you have a piece of paper with which you can keep going as well, with which to know that you have received of God's love. And each time we do this, of course, God's love increases. When God's love is shared, when God's love is used, it has influence over more and more people. The more we do this, the bigger the difference we can make. I'm going to walk all the way down here and hand you this bit and then you can divide that in two and then you can, sh- and then you can divide yours in two. Well, you can divide it and, as, until everyone's got a bit. It doesn't matter if they're all the same size. It doesn't matter if they're all the same. It doesn't matter. It's still got four corners if it's a big bit or a small bit. And, of course, the more times we divide that, the more corners we've got. Now, I don't know exactly how many corners we've got in this building right now, but I've got... One, if everyone in here... One, two, three... Oh, he's heading upstairs now. That's brilliant. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 4 sixteens. We're going to have more than that. And so on. Now, there's a bit of a challenge that goes with this. <coughs> I'll explain it in a minute. But every time we give of God's love, we increase. There isn't a finite amount of God's love. The more we share it, the more God pours out on the people we encounter. If you had an A4 sheet of paper like this, this is not now an A4 sheet, but if you had an A4 sheet, and you divided it into one millimetre squares, that would be, of corner-wise, 62,370 pieces with corners, bits of God's love. That's 11 and a half times the population of Linfield, which is about 5,400. So that's a lot of God's love in one little sheet of paper. That's nearly 2,500 corners. If you took your piece and that was repeated 33 times, he'd table the words each time. You carved it, gave half away, it halved it, gave half away, and so on and so forth. It would only take 33 repeats of that process of sharing for two and four and six to exceed the population of the world. So if every one of us went from here today and shared God's love in a a meaningful way, in a practical way with someone else, what a difference we can make. The challenge is, take your piece of God's love with you and at some point in the next few days, give half of it away. But the challenge is, when you do so, is to explain what it represents. That's the difficult part. There was a man and he was was, uh, visiting a golfing shop next to a golf course and... He, he spoke to the man at the counter, and the man at the counter was a bit brusque, seemed a bit sort of distracted, and um, he began to leave the shop. The, 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 this Christian man began to leave the shop when something happened. He felt the Lord say to him, go back and tell that man 
that I love him. Go back and tell that man, God loves you. Well, he struggled with this and he said no. Got in his car and headed off down the drive away from the golf course. But the sense of God's command got stronger and stronger and stronger. Till in the end he slammed on the brakes, turned around and went back, got out of his car, walked into the golfing shop and stood before this chap at the counter and said, "Uh, I've come to tell you, God loves you. Now you'd expect at that moment for the man to burst into tears or throw up his hands in joy of praise. The bloke looked at the Christian guy and said, all right, and walked off and carried on with what he was doing. And our Christian friend walked to the door, got in his car, accelerated away, and as he did so, said in a rather annoyed voice, what, Lord, was all that about? And God replied, obedience. God says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Let's obey that command.